You are listening to Open Mic Spotlight with Heatherly Holt. Open Mic Spotlight is a weekly podcast featuring intimate conversations and performances with musicians and artists from Chattanooga and the surrounding areas. Take a closer look at all the wonderful talent and culture the Chattanooga music scene has to offer. Thank you for listening to this podcast. The goal is to promote the wonderful talent we have in this beautiful city in an effort to boost the musical economy. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating or a review. We love feedback. Also, please subscribe on the iTunes podcast app or at www.openmicspotlight.com. Welcome to another episode of Open Mic Spotlight. I'm your host, Heather Lee Holt, and today we're at the Tivoli downtown Chattanooga, and I'm here with Buddy Shirk. Hello. Hey. How's it going? Good. Buddy is here practicing this morning because he is playing for an upcoming concert with the Chattanooga Girls Choir. That's correct. I'll be opening the house for them. As people arrive, they'll hear my music as they enter the Tivoli Theater on the Mighty Wurlitzer. Yeah. He will be playing the organ, and the organ they have here, I was just looking at it, is amazing. I am super impressed, and I didn't realize that Tivoli had such a beautiful instrument here. Why don't we go ahead and play a little bit? Okay, let's do Wobbly Walk. Beautiful. 
So you work for the Steinway store in town, right? I do. Summit Pianos and Organs. I'm the store manager there and director of institutions and concert artists. That's pretty cool. So what does your day-to-day look like there? Well, besides standard paperwork, I deal with clients that are coming in that are looking to purchase pianos. Most of the time, it's families that have children that are starting to take lessons, which I'm sure you're very familiar with, (laughs) being a music teacher yourself. And I assist them in selecting the right instrument. And then in terms of the institutions, I deal with all the colleges and universities in the area. I've conducted piano inventory analysis on every single college and university in our region. And concert artists, prior to my returning back home to Chattanooga after having been gone 30 years, Chattanooga had never had a Steinway artist. Since I've returned, I've been successful in recommending and encouraging, and we have had four Steinway artists come out of our city to date. Wow. And it's a big deal. They're part of the group with Horowitz and Gershwin, the big names. And in modern day time, recently, Judy Carmichael was here again. She's a Steinway artist. So it's a real honor to be selected, but it goes through three continents. And it usually takes about a year for them to officially become a Steinway artist if they're selected. It's not an easy process. Yeah, that is incredible. And you encouraged those people to do that. I did. I provided them with all the necessary paperwork and encouraged them and got the process in motion for each and every one of them. Recently, Dr. Sai passed away, but she was at UTC, and she was one of those Steinway artists. Gloria Chin, who started String Theory at the Hunter, and her former husband, Ning An, who is now in California. And then we have Ann Pope locally, and you may know Ann Pope. She is part of the Kantorsky Pope duo, and they have performed here as well. We are so lucky to have you in this town encouraging people to do bigger things like that because I feel like some people just need a little push. Well, you know yourself, I go beyond just that. I'm involved with a lot of festivals and I try to find people jobs. It's important as we as musicians that we have work. And of course, as you found out this morning, I suppose, this position here is strictly volunteer, but it's my passion. I'm an organist. I'm self-taught. I play by ear. You saw my music. It's just, you know, names of songs with the registrations that I select. But I love playing the organ, and I don't want the organ to die. This organ here, the Mighty Worlds are here at the Tivoli, as well as the Mighty Austin at the Memorial Auditorium are very important to this mm-hmm. city. And they date back to the 20s. This is the golden era. And, of course, you saw the tape recorder in the back (laughs) here. But, you know, things have been upgraded to, to some degree. And, thankfully, Bert here and his lovely wife, they are keeping this organ alive for those of us who volunteer here to perform on it and for the public to enjoy it. And he is also a volunteer as well, Bert, who is keeping the organ living and healthy. That's correct. He comes from the other side of Mont Eagle, and then we have people that come from Atlanta. Without their support, this organ would not be in operation right now. None of us volunteers would be able to perform on it. And the mighty Austin at, at the Soldier and Sailors Memorial Auditorium was rescued by the Chattanooga Music Club that I'm second vice president with. But because of them, we just celebrated our 10-year rededication of that organ. They raised over a million dollars to restore that organ. There were divisions in different states that people had stolen from 
the organ, and we're talking about pipes when I talk about divisions, that we rounded up and brought them back to Chattanooga. There's ongoing maintenance with these because they're mechanical. Mm -hmm. You know, we have digital yes. everything today. Well, there's nothing digital on, even the tape recorder's not <laughs> digital. <laughs> that could be upgraded at some point, but uh, it's important that we keep this music alive. And this period music is designed to play on these organs because it dates back to that era, especially when they used it for like silent movies, uh, which we've done here at the Tivoli, as well as Memorial Auditorium. In fact, June the 27th, we're gonna have two silent movies as part of the patriotic salute uh, on the mighty Austin organ at Memorial Auditorium that is presented free of charge by the Chattanooga Music Club. So. All you listeners out there, you're invited yeah. to come. It's free. What's the date on that again? The 27th of June at the auditorium. Very nice. And uh, it's our pa annual patriotic concert. And then we have a holiday, you know, like Thanksgiving, Christmas uh, type holiday spectacular as well. That It, too, is free. Mm -hmm. Let's do another song. Okay. And then we'll talk a little more. All right. Let's do something from Mary Poppins. You'll know immediately when I begin to play. Tim Tim Tree. Yes, we need a resurrection of the movie. A remake. Kind of like they did Annie, how they right. modernized it. Right. That's what that's what we well, need. Well, they have those new movies. Pettigrew, Miss Pettigrew, I think oh, it's called. Yeah. Which is mm -hmm. similar, but it's not yeah. Mary. <laughs> right. It's not Julie Andrews. <laughs> I don't know who they would even get to play her. It's I don't know. hard act to follow up. Um, when did you start playing music? My mother bought an organ for herself when I was about eight, nine years old. And we got six free lessons, so she gave me the free lessons. She could play a little. And um, the guy would set his timer and go to sleep, and I started just playing whatever I wanted to. <laughs> True story. And I went and told her, I, you know, she was gonna continue to pay for the lessons to my own chagrin. I told her, I said, well, you know, if you're gonna make me, or if I'm gonna take lessons, either way, please don't make me take from this man because I'm just in there playing anything I want. He's not teaching me anything, you know. He just says this timer and goes to sleep. And she got mad, needless to say. So she found a good teacher. Mm -hmm. Well, things went along okay until the teacher finally one day realized that I wasn't reading the music. I was just listening. She would play the song. I'd keep it in my head till I got home. <laughs> so whatever day that was and whatever song it was she said you're not reading that i'm like uh okay busted she said do you know largo and i'm like from the new world symphony i'm like uh of course i didn't know it i was nine years old i'm like no ma'am so she said you're gonna play this and you're gonna have to read it and i'm not gonna play it for you so that's where i learned to play yeah and 
because she made it difficult, I quit. I had, I've had i had a total of six months of music. Mm-hmm. So the rest of it, I just practiced a lot. Yeah. I, and I had, was doing three things on Saturday morning. I had Little League. I had dance, which I despised, and organ. But I loved the organ, and I loved the baseball. I wanted to get rid of one. I was hoping because I could play that they would want me to continue on with the organ. They wanted me, my dad wanted me to do the baseball. So I was hoping very much so that they would let me get out of dance. Mm-hmm. No. I had to take five years of dance instruction. They cut out organ. Oh, no. Do I dance? No. No. Do I play the organ? Yeah. Well, that's human nature. If you're made to do something, you know. I won state. I was very good at dance, and it actually helped me with the organ because it taught me rhythm. When I started having to do, we, and we would discuss this earlier about doing pedal chord when you're doing the rhythm on the organ because back in that, even in those days, we didn't have per se automatic rhythm, although then we later got a box that you plugged into the back and it would you'd go kerplunk, kerplunk, kerplunk. <laughs> but it taught, the dance instruction actually taught me rhythm which ultimately helped me on the organ. Yeah. Uh, but I despised it. I, I was embarrassed by it. And I was good at it. That was a problem, What kind too. of dance did you do? All uh, well, of it? I was Well, I did tap and ballroom. Okay. M- mainly tap. Mm-hmm. But I also had to do ballroom. There was a little ballet interjected into it, but it was just very small amount of ballet just mm-hmm. for coordination, I think. Yeah. But it was embarrassing to me. Uh, I was always the lead you know, I could do cartwheels all around the gymnasium. You know, those those were the days, but anyways. <laughs> so you started at eight, nine years old, and you've just been playing ever since. That's correct. Not many people have an organ in their house at eight years old. Well, back in the day, it was common. Oh. Yeah, people had, we all had Hammond organs. Mm-hmm. Or, well, Thomas Baldwin, I mean, whatever, Kahn. Yeah. Those were all popular in the day. It wasn't uncommon for people to have organs in their home. It's very uncommon today, but I personally own four organs. So <laughs> I'm, wow. I'm the exception to the keep rule. Them all? Well, one is at Engel Stadium that I'm probably going to remove and put elsewhere. And I have two in my home I have <laughs> one in my den, one in my living room, and then I have the same model that I have in my living room. I have at the store, and it's the one that I used to bus for Soundcorp oh. or Parking Day or Make Music Chattanooga. Like this year, I'm doing an organ park at East Lake Park where I just had you performing. Yeah. And we're going to have a piano park on Fraser in front of Winderbinder. Uh-huh. The organ park, because of Taryn, you know Taryn, mm-hmm. she works for Goodwill. The, those folks wanted somewhere to go. Well, they're next door to East Lake Park. It's mm-hmm. right there. So I decided I'd do an organ park there. Oh, very nice. So we're going to have a piano park, compliments of Summit Pianos, and we'll have, the hopefully, the nine-foot Steinway Concert Grand out on Fraser Avenue, which people that know Parking Day will remember that. And of course, I ran Parking Day for, you know, like five years before I turned it over to River City Company. But putting the grand piano out on the street is what made Parking Day. Oh, yeah. And then me adding on the organs to it as well, because I like to play out in the streets. You, you do, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I hate to say it, but a lot of people probably haven't even seen an organ. That's the purpose of me dragging organs out to the street. But it's so beautiful that you are willing to put all that effort in. It's important. Yeah. This organ's important. The Mm -hmm. one at the auditorium's important. Where people have been exposed to the organ are churches. There's much more to the organ than churches. And those are different kind of organs. This is a theater organ, and you note that it has what we call a horseshoe 
because of the way that it's designed. And these are rocker tabs. And liturgical organs are different. They're voiced differently. They have different voices than this organ have. And in my personal opinion, they're not nearly as fun. I, I, <laughs> I don't enjoy playing a liturgical organ. This is more my forte. I'm more a theater organ player, if I'm anything, mm -hmm. uh, because I like to play fun stuff. And I know a lot of old music. I'm the Main Times 24 parade organist. And particularly on that day, because there's so many people out for Main Times 24, I have people dancing all around me. Yeah. That's what I want. Yes. That's what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. You And you as a street musician know too, when people react to your music, it's, it's the highest compliment you could ever get. It is. I had a couple that came two blocks. They heard the organ. Of course, it's 380 watts. And they heard it from two blocks away and came down there and thought that it was a band. <laughs> Honestly, that's what they told me. They came down and started dancing, and they danced for 20 minutes while I played. Love it. They said, you know, I'm like, yeah, I know that. Could you play that? Sure, I'll be glad to. And they started dancing, and it was infectious. More people started dancing. Well, that's the highest compliment we can be paid as musicians, even when we're not getting paid to do things or if we are getting paid. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Yes, I completely agree. That's so awesome that you do that and you allow so many people to get to experience the organ who might not. Well, and we discussed earlier talking about Amanda Cagle. Yeah. I invited her and asked her to come perform here on the World of where she had never played it before. For, to perform for a silent movie where she had to create the soundtrack, which people don't understand, that she didn't have music to go by for this particular movie. She had to create her own soundtrack. Well, she did an amazing job. Yeah. And we need to encourage more younger people to embrace this thing because it, it will die. Yes. I mean, it will. Somebody has to be willing to, first and foremost, like Mr. and Ms. Alley, willing to keep it running, and then there have to be those of us that are willing to perform on it. Even as volunteers, we have to see the need for this. And, and the public reacts. I mean, it's amazing the reaction people have. And when I lived in Atlanta, going and hearing the organ at the Fox was such a treat when they did their movies. And you would go early so that you could hear that big organ. Well, same thing goes here. And we just hope that the city and the Tivoli Foundation will use the organ more. I feel like there needs to be some kind of interacting with kids in the schools to teach them a little bit more about organs so they... Have a desire. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great idea. We need to have tours. And we have done that in the past as far as the Chattanooga Music Club is concerned at at the auditorium. We Maybe even when they do all the field trips at the Memorial Auditorium. Maybe have a 10-minute intermission Learn about the organ kind of thing. I hope people are listening to this. That would be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> right? I hope people are willing to, to help out with this <laughs> because that is exactly what needs to be done. A lot of the problem is more ignorance than people not being willing. Well, and they have no idea, and you haven't been in the chambers yet. Hopefully you'll, you'll get to see them before we leave. I mean, I've seen pictures. I personally have never gone up there because I, I'm not a technician. Yeah. I'm a musician, if you will. But I know what's involved, mm -hmm. and the upkeep and the maintenance is paramount to the thing performing. And if we didn't have these people that come from Atlanta and from Winchester to work on this organ free, those of us who play for free <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have the opportunity to do it. But I, I love sharing my gift with the general public. 
and I love being able to play on an organ of this caliber because it's quite fun. Yes. I mean, big, yes. you know. My organ at home doesn't sound like it's such this. a big sound. Yeah, no, so it's cool. it's a real organ. You know, that's the thing. It's a real organ. <laughs> Mine's digital at home. You know. Well, let's do another song. Okay, let's do "Cry Me a River." Know that one? Mm-hmm. So good. You said you went away for 30 years. I did. Where'd you go? I was offered a job by the Baldwin Piano Organ Company in Atlanta to manage retail stores there. Baldwin produced, financed, trucked, and had factory stores, and then a huge dealer network. But that was back in the day. And I ended up staying in Atlanta. I was in there 30 years. I grew up in Chattanooga. Then I returned back home for good, basically, in 2009. So you have been in and around the key instruments forever, seems like. Well, yeah, since I was eight, yeah. How did they get a hold of you to work for them? I applied. Oh, <laughs> I see. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I was working for Lansford's. In my first year of college, I started selling pianos and organs here in Chattanooga at what then was the oldest Baldwin dealer in the nation, oh, wow. which was Lansford Piano and Organ Company here on Cherry Street downtown. They were in that same location right at 100 years. Whoa. They made history. The year I started working there, I'm going to tell my age, in 1974, we sold our one millionth Baldwin oh, piano in Chattanooga. It's hard to believe today. I mean, because my industry, from the day I started up until today, has only taken a nosedive. That's why it's important when I encounter 
parents and teachers that are trying to get their students started, it, it's really important that these people know how important a music education is for their kids and how it's going to affect all of their courses. Throughout their lifetime, it's important that they learn to play a musical instrument. And I'm sure you would agree with me on that as well. I could talk about this for days, all the benefits that come with learning a musical instrument, and especially piano, because when you learn piano, you understand the theory a lot more, which can be applied to any musical instrument. Right. And there's so many things that you can learn from playing a musical instrument that go far beyond just schooling. H hard work and... Discipline. Discipline. Yeah. And you just learn what it... You learn what it feels like to put the time in and get something out of it. Well, you also use both sides of your brain. And we need that exercise, if you will. It, it's just... It, it's far-reaching. It has far-reaching effects. And I see it. And, and I, I personally, because I host so many recitals at the store at Summit Pianos, and this was Guild Week. So we have an out-of-state judge, or out-of-town judge, well, she's out-of-state as well, this go-round, at the store, and then all the teachers that belong to Guild are bringing their students in, and they go before a judge. I call it the trials. Yeah. Because <laughs> these kids and our adults are on trial because that judge gives them a report card and it's a direct reflection of the teacher. The teacher has to stay there. And the teacher, while they're not being graded inadvertently, they're being graded. Oh, yeah, they totally are. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. no, they are. And I can tell you the best teachers in town because I hear their students. And I don't judge a teacher by the way they play. Mm -hmm. I judge a teacher by the way their students play. I learned that a long time ago. The person who was most responsible for me learning about adding emotion to my music rather than just playing, in particular, we're talking about piano here because it was very difficult for me to transition from the organ to the piano. It's even more difficult for someone to transition from the piano to the organ because they don't know what to do with any of this stuff. Yeah. But Vicki Bogan taught me things, well, and Terry Dietz as well, but Vicki really gave me an introduction to adding some warmth to my music, I guess you could mm -hmm. say. She made me f feel what I was doing. More musicality. And to slow down, she had to slow me down. That's basically what it was. I was going at one rate, one speed, trying to play. She's like, no, 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 this isn't. That doesn't work that way, you know. I'm like, okay, well, show me. Just show me. I can do it if you'll show me. So she did. And I learned a lot from that. Trenton Romanini is our very own sound engineer sponsor. He is a full-time audio engineer in Chattanooga that stays very busy, but is always looking for new clients to help take to the next level. I can't thank him enough for being so patient and helpful through the process of me learning the ways of recording and editing. I highly recommend him for all of your professional industry recording and mixing needs. You can find more information at www.tromixthat.com. T-R-O-M-I-X-E-D-T-H-A-T.com.